Coming up in this episode, Randy and I are going to concentrate on listener emails. We've got a couple of good ones for you and some interesting topics, so stick around. Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, any random thoughts that pop into our head, and of course, what are the best places to ride in America? The Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. Northwest Arkansas. Greg here with Heartland Honda Power Sports and Marine in Springdale. Some people are the quiet types and then there's the rest of us and for us Honda introduces the all new 2024 SCL 500. This scrambler style street bike is packed with personality and performance thanks to details like an over the wheel exhaust a fat front wheel and rubber knee guards on the tank. All powered by a proven 500 class inline twin. Visit Heartland Honda Power Sports Marine off exit 72 in Springdale and experience the Honda to SCL 500 today. For your safety, read the owner's man, wear a helmet and eye protection. About 10 years ago, my best buddy talked me into buying a motorcycle so we could go touring around the Ozarks Mountains. The rides were amazing. One weekend, I couldn't go, but he went anyway. Tim was topping a hill on a big curve and was hit head on by a car passing an RV. Thankfully, he survived. And thankfully, he had Schmidt Law Firm on his side. I do too. Motorcycle accidents happen. Schmidt Law Firm will prove negligence and help you get full recovery. Find them online at KansasCityLawyers.com. Put Schmidt Law Firm on your side of the table because motorcycle accidents do happen. Well, welcome back to another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. With me, as always, is my esteemed colleague, that's what he tells me anyway, Randy Little Lewis from Bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. What's up, Shathid? Shathid? Think about it. How would you spell Shathid? He just called me a shithead. <laughs> yes, he did. Thank you, Richard hey, I was, Cranium. I, I couldn't remember, I couldn't decide whether I was going to go with Shathid or Bitch Tits. So, you're welcome. Okay. Well, we'll just call you Richard Cranium. Okay. So, let's just get right into it. You've had a good week, I assume. Yeah, man. I'm still above ground. That's all we can, any, any of us can hope for. I mean, after that, it's all gravy. So, let's get to it. And we have two listener emails. All right, all right. One of them is mostly directed at me, but the other one is directed towards you, I think. And it's going to probably, you're going to get long-winded about it, as you do with everything. Yeah, I'm an over-explainer. I know. So let's get to the one that addresses me first, because I can get that knocked out quick. (laughs) And then we can dedicate the rest of the podcast to you. Whatever, Mr. This is from a guy named Carrie. I assume it's a guy. I better not assume. Yeah. Uh, From Sioux City, Iowa. Ooh. Cold as shit right now, eh? Well, that's pertinent to the question. (laughs) So this question is, and I'm going to read it word for word, so don't shoot the messenger. Okay. This question is for Craig. Since he seems to have some experience in writing in the winter, Randy can throw in his two cents if he has anything remotely interesting to say. Doubtful. LOL. Just busting your balls, Randy. (laughs) Better get a bigger buster. (laughs) (laughs) Bigger buster. All you need is a ball-peen hammer. One of the small (laughs) jeweler's kind. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, can you give any advice to someone who hasn't rode much in the cold weather? Just want to expand my riding season as much as possible without freezing to death. I have yet to see anyone freeze to death while riding a motorcycle. Never once in my life have I seen anybody on the side of the road stiff like a statue falling over. Yeah. 
because they froze to death. Just do it and keep moving. <laughs> Just keep moving. <laughs> yeah. That's why God invented hot showers and, and warm yeah. towels. So I've got actually, if you go to OzarkRides.com, uh, go to our stories page and about riding in the winter and how to stay warm. Uh, full disclosure, I ride in the winter. I've been riding every day this week. It got up yesterday morning. It was just above freezing and rode mm. most of the day, but I wear electric. Yeah, so you're one of those guys, aren't you? I'm old and I like my comforts. I want to stay warm. So it's I do. It's not a bad gig, yo. No, I mean, I got electricity from the tip of my toes to the tip of my fingers and yeah. thermostat, and it, it works great. So if you ever want to do that, I highly recommend Gerbing product line. They're a little more expensive, but they are the best. And the reason I recommend them is because I've had them for years. I've never had to replace them. They work consistently every time. And, yeah. you know, you get what you pay for, like with anything in life. For sure. So for sure. invest big once instead of small a bunch. Multiple times, yeah. Yeah. So that being said, uh, the simple answer to your question is layers. Layers, layers, layers. And depending on the weather, you know, over time you'll figure out that, you know, well, it's only 50 degrees out, which is not cold, by the way. But I At need 80 these. miles an hour, it can be cold, yeah. especially with air air quality of the winter months. But then you can, you'll, you'll know that, oh, well, it's only this temperature. All I need is one layer or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's 40 degrees or it's 30 degrees. I need to put on an extra layer. But two things about layers. Your first layer ought to be some kind of a water or sweat wicking material. Because what happens is if you uh, just use cotton yeah. as your base layer, that's really bad news because if you start to get warm and you start to sweat, then all of a sudden what happens is no matter how cold it is, that sweat will start cooling you down and make it even colder. Yeah. It kind of is counterintuitive for layering up. So, I mean, you know, that sounds like I'm just kind of copping out on my answer. It's, it's just that simple. You know, layer up however many layers it takes to stay warm. Or go electric, which is my recommendation. Because you layer up, you're like that guy on uh, Christmas Story. Yeah, the I can't marshmallow bend my arms. Yeah. So this is what I was going to say. It's the consistency of the layers. Exactly. You think a lot of people will, oh, I'm going to put down on, or I'm going to put all this big puffy shit on. Well, then you can't move. You're uncomfortable. And it does absolutely dick for warming Plus, you up and keeping you Plus, it makes the ride dangerous. Yeah. You don't have yeah. your the mobility that you need. It's the consistency of the layers. You know, you need a, at least one layer needs to good, be a good windbreaking layer. Gots to be. You know, then you need something like, like you had said, something that takes that moisture away from you. Mm -hmm. When you do, say if you do go electric, you're still going to wear layers with electric. It's not like your butt That's ass right. naked no, underneath you can't of it. wear electric against the skin. Yeah. So I've got a really thin, it's almost silky like mm -hmm. long johns and it wicks away. Yeah. But on top of the uh, electric on the jacket part, I actually do wear a windbreak. Yeah, for sure. Underneath my jacket. Mm -hmm. and but then it's the real thin and then the jacket is a jacket. So the thing about electrics is you're not like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man anymore. Right. You're mobile. You don't feel right. like you've loaded down with all kinds of gear. That's why people wore leathers for so long is because it's a windbreaker more than anything. Yeah. You know, it's hard to cut through hide like that. Now, leather will get cool. Over long hours of riding in the cold, that leather's going to get cold and it's going to keep you colder. That's why I'm like, leather's great, but it's not that great. There's a lot better synthetic stuff out there that actually holds heat in and keeps, you know, the cold out. Yeah, there are positives and negatives to just about any scenario. Yeah. Uh, the electrics, the, the, the only negative I can think of is the initial cost. 
Yeah, some of them are pricey, and it's only going to go up. Isn't well, I well uh, just to give you an example, I use the the socks. They have two different things. You have socks, or you have uh, soles. Oh yeah. Uh, that you just put in the bottom. Yeah, get of your the shoe, socks, which for doesn't sure. keep the top of your foot warm at all. So from uh, a medical pants, standpoint, if you can keep your armpits, your groin, and your feet warm, right. and your hands is kind of last, you will naturally be warmer. Yeah. Because what happens when you get cold is your blood kind of constricts from the outside extremities and goes to the center part of your body, center mass, to keep you alive is really what the physics behind your body are. So if you can keep those extremities warm... Well, now your blood will stay out there and, and you'll actually be warmer by keeping those extremities And I warm. hate to give Randy kudos and it just goes all over me. But it did, yeah. he did used to be a paramedic and has some knowledge on this topic. A little bit. A little, little bit. bit, yeah. Um, I think all the beers has fizzled away a lot of your knowledge. Well, that was my next point. If you make sure your body has a consistency of whiskey in it, whiskey doesn't freeze in the cold months. We don't so want to encourage people to <laughs> rot, <laughs> yeah, drink right. and dry. You're right. You're right. So, but you do need to stay hydrated. And yeah. the only thing you should stay hydrated with is um, water. Yeah. yeah. Coke, soda, none of that. It does. It takes away from it. Tea, coffee is a diuretic. That's right. So it's going to. You'll pee a lot. Yep. All right. So, Carrie, I hope that answers your question uh, somewhat. Now we're going to get on to the bloviating part of the section. Oh, let's hear it. This is from a gentleman named Mike. In Bowling Green, Kentucky. You ever been there? Yes, I have, actually. It's kind of a neat place. When I worked on the road, you know, I went all over this country. All the, not saying Bowling Green is like this, but all the shittiest parts of the world. when you worked on the road, were you that guy at the at the Walmart on the corner with the sign that said, we'll work <laughs> That probably food. made more money doing that. <laughs> doing that. Yeah, yeah. So, Mike has a question. He says, the other day I ran across your video series on the 70 Chopper build, and I really enjoyed it. In fact, I just sat at my computer and binged watched the whole series. So I was wondering if you had any plans to do another bike build anytime soon. And maybe could you do one using a knucklehead engine? There's just a two-part question. You answer that, and then I'll get on to the second part. Right on, right on. So I continuously do bike builds. Um, for somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I'm Yes. Well, you're also working on one for your daughter right I now. I am right now. I am. I probably should be filming it. I'm just not one of those people that is, I'm not very photogenic for one. And no, I don't have a whole lot of, all the couth in the world to do stuff like that. Granted, you know, as a, as a young man, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's cool as shit. You know, I'm just like the guys on TV. That part of the aspect, you know, I am human. So there was a part of it that I was like, hey, this is kind of big time. This is kind of cool. Um, which you remember, Craig, like we did that more so for your benefit than my benefit. It I was, was behind the camera. How could it have been for well, my benefit? Because it was, it was going on your YouTube channel. It was going on oh, it was yeah, somewhat yeah. more okay. of advertising for you more so than it ever was anything for me. Like my main derivative on that was just doing the bike for this customer. Yeah. Um, I do constantly do builds. It's just not something that's filmed for whatever reason for Two reasons I would say mainly is that I'm freaking busy in my shop. It's and the time thing. Yeah. It, it's my main focus is always my business and, you know, getting stuff worked out, getting stuff done. You mean the customer comes first? To a degree. To, yeah. to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. The customer's money is what comes first to me. Yeah. You know, and that's not a shitty statement. Like I'll do anything for money. Like I'll rape and pillage you. And, no, it's like I'm building a business. Well, that's wait, you're implying that you wouldn't. I would not. I am not that guy. I am not that guy that's going to sh- cut corners and short shot stuff just to get a paycheck. No you matter what. The end. 
Oh, I'd pillage. Fuck yeah, I'd pillage. All right, okay. <laughs> I, I was born in the wrong era of time. Yeah. I would have been a great pillager. <laughs> but uh, Randy the Viking. Yeah, a lot of people think I am Viking for whatever reason. I don't know how many customers I've had say stuff like that. Really? It's odd. But would I like to do it again? Hell yeah, I'd like to do it again. It was, it was really neat. If I can get my business to where guys are making money in the background while I'm doing stuff like that, shoot, yeah. I would maybe crack a smile once in a while for doing that. Now, what you're after, a, what you're needing is a unicorn. Yeah, yeah, that's what Somebody I Somebody that wants to work and knows how to work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That has my business in mind, not the just a paycheck for them. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult to find. Now, as far as the knucklehead part, hey, honey, as long as you want to pony up, I do custom builds for, for customers. So as soon as you get a knuck and you want the idea that you want me to build you a bike, I'll film anything you want to film. We'll do it. It's on your dime, though. Because <laughs> uh, knuckleheads right now are, you know, they're not, not necessarily cheap. And they're not necessarily... See, I like the idea of, a, of an old flathead. Yeah, big a big twin, a big flathead would be freaking dope. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, that's kind of the reason why we don't film as much is solely just because of time. And well, it takes a project that would normally, I'm just spitting out numbers. Say, let's take, you have a project that takes a hundred hours, which is ridiculous to film it. There's 200 hours for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, For somebody, for you. Yeah. It'd be editing and making sure it looks good and the lighting is right and all that stuff, which is really cool. Like I don't mind it whatsoever. It's actually a really neat idea to do. I just wish that I could was in a different spot where I could do that. Yeah. Well, here comes the long-winded second part of your question. One has nothing to do with the other, but the same fellow. Also, do you have any thoughts on the new Harley 130 horsepower street legal crate engine? Go. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. So I think it's an amazing idea. They actually ventured into this years ago with their there was a a Screaming Eagle is what they call it, which obviously, but they made a 120R and a 120ST crate engine drop in, right? It was a twin cam and it made about the same amount of power. Now my numbers might be way skewed on this. At the time it was like a $16,000 engine, but the cool thing was, was it was all Harley built. It was all covered under Harley factory warranty. You could legitimately buy a brand new bike pay extra for that engine and they would swap that engine and it would retain all factory, everything warranty, usability, all of it. So yes, I am a huge fan of it. Now they're, they're calling it the stage five, I think is what they're calling it. So when that M8 came out, everybody, I mean, it made the most power that Harley's ever made on a factory based engine. Their 107s, their 114s, the M8s made the absolute most power. But what I have found and I've done a handful of them, People were instantly big bore camshaft cylinder heads going to a stage five with it because it made so much freaking power. Well, Harley, I guess for whatever reason, maybe saw the numbers of how many people were doing that, decided to just build an engine. This is what it is. And it's already factory assembled. No bullshit. You know, you just take your old engine out, drop this new engine in. For $16,000, do you get to have the old engine too? I don't know. Honestly, if they did like a trade-in process where this is it, but you you get so much, kind of like a core deposit works. Right. Um, I'm not for sure. I do know a handful of guys that when the 120R came out, was putting that engine in and they kept their old engine. So I'm not for sure on that, to be honest with you. But 
we, I think we just did a segment not too long ago about power adders and, and going through the process of mm-hmm. cams and big bores and stuff. And one of the things I said was do a drop in engine. This is prime for it. The amount of power that it makes, the amount of, I mean, it is legitimately a factory built motor, which is amazing. So, I mean, how could you go wrong with that? You don't have to have the idea that some slap dick mechanic put your stuff together and tolerances are going to be off or it's not going to work right. And they've got maps and tunes already set for this engine. So when you take it to Harley and you have them install this engine, they put it right on their dyno and they know exactly what to change the ECM to. So it's as factory as you could possibly get with big power numbers and big torque numbers and so in my opinion, yes, it is a fantastic idea. And I'm so happy that Harley did it. I mean, we could address the ins and outs of why it's so great and what, what products they use, but it's Well, it's tell me literally this, all... and this is not a Harley bash by any stretch of the imagination, but the way I word it, it might be taken uh-huh. that way. $16,000 for a, for a V-twin engine. Are thereabouts in Hold that neighborhood? Because I, I don't work at a Harley shop. And honestly, I don't look at their Harley numbers. Well, take away the numbers. The, the, it's expensive comparatively. Relative term, yeah. Relative. What is so much different about that engine? What is so great about that engine that it justifies? Let's say uh, you want to have that engine and you can afford it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're not just wanting it because you've got that engine, you know, to be able to bragging rights. Okay. What, what makes it different from sure, know, the sure. regular engine on the guy that just is a regular rider? So if you're a numbers chaser or a guy that loves big power, that's what you get. You get big power, but the peace of mind that it is factory built and factory installed, which you can say whatever you want to say about Harley's factory manufacturing and all that bullshit. But no, we're not going there. Even when, and I, I see this all the time, like even, even though you go to a Harley shop and I'm not here to bash Harley entirely. But even though you go to a Harley shop and you get all this work done, there's still times where it's subpar work. You know, human error is massive, right? Yeah, that has nothing to do with the name Harley Davidson. It has to do with the person, the person that the built it and put it together. That's why you go to a lot of these Harley shops, and there's some shops that are a lot better on performance than others because they have great tuners and they have great mechanics. So say you go to a Harley shop that doesn't do a lot of that, and then you ask them to do that, now there's where human error comes in. Right. Well, this is legitimately from Milwaukee. You know, it's the mothership is building this engine for you. So the guys that engineered it, the guys that put these packages together, the guys that realized you can do this camshaft with this displacement, with this head work and this throttle body, and this is what you're going to get. The idea that it is all of that with a warranty is absolutely amazing. Because say you go to, and I'll just use them from right up the street, Jaeger's Harley here in Sedalia, you have them build it. You don't necessarily have all that warranty and you still have that dealership going, you know, shit, you didn't break it in right, or you didn't use this right oil, or you didn't do this right. So we're not going to cover that. That's moot. When you talk about buying this drop in replacement engine, it's covered under all that. Just the same as a factory. Yes, Exactly. 100%. So that in my mind is the biggest aspect is that you get really, really good numbers. You get really, really good reliability and userability. And you get that warranty that like, Hey, if something goes awry, we did it. It's on us. You you see what I'm getting at there? So even, even with mine, which I'm big into. 
even with me, say you come into my shop and like I've had a couple of customers this week talk about doing winter projects about big engine builds. That's all great. And we can use the warranty on the factory, the factory, the warranty on the parts that we buy to put into those motors. We can use that. But other shops say, aside from me, if something blows or goes wrong, now it's a freaking fight trying to get them to let loose of the money to cover your, your build. So in my shop, if it's something that I had done wrong or subpar, there's no questions asked. Like it just is what it is. I cover the cost no matter what. Not every shop's like that. Plus, when you go to buy the parts and stuff, you don't go cheap. No, I mean, hell no. no. You go with yeah, I'm, I don't have established, well known. Yeah, I don't have an Amazon subscription where I'm buying your parts from. Right. Like I buy from, you know, it's top brands, top names, top quality products. I try to do a really good job about tuning the parts that we put in for what you're wanting on your end. You know, I might have a guy that wants to do a bunch of wheelies. Well, his cam and head work and all that stuff is going to be different from the guy that's doing long distance touring that needs power at 60, 70 miles an hour. So I don't do just a blanket like, oh, everybody gets this. It just is what it is. We try to find and dial in your build for what you're looking to ride, how right. you're wanting to ride and the bike that you're riding. You know, I'll build a touring motor different than I will build a Dyna motor because they're just complete. They're just different for the riding that you're going to be doing. So right. we try to tailor what you want out of it for what we end up building it for. Folks, that's Bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. I say again, Bike Works, <laughs> B-I-K-E-W-R-X. There's your free yeah, advertisement. There you go. There you so. go. And that is, you know, with this motor, we talk about tailoring it, right? In that aspect, this motor is done in such a way now it is the same every single stage five motor that they sell over the counter it is the same camshaft the same everything and what you're getting is consistency and power numbers and consistency in every last aspect of it now that i guess would be the disadvantage to fine tuning how you ride but the damn thing makes so much power that you can really use it in any platform cool so here's something else is it stupid, intriguing to me. And it might just be because it's what I'm consumed with right now. But choppers are coming back, baby. Choppers long, are coming back. Long uh, rake choppers? Even them. What's not entirely is some of the old, like, mid-2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. The big, fat-ass, tired, full-body worked, low-slung pro street choppers. Those, not so much. No appeal to me whatsoever. But the really ornate choppers like shovel heads pan heads with a big long stretch uh, springer front yeah, end some of those are coming back but more so like um more so just like almost like what indian larry did good oh, horsepower yeah. high handling not super super egregious kind of a cross between a chopper and a bobber somewhat Little aspects yeah, to each. somewhat like there's some big dudes popping up that are like you know, all their stuff is one off and now they're starting to produce more of those parts, like their foot controls, hand controls, you know, machine down tubes, machined fork legs, like very unique stuff. And like, there's some big time shows that are coming out where it's, it's almost back to grassroots builders, building shit. I tell you what, out there. Um, what I think would be cool for you is that you didn't have to work on bikes anymore. You could make a decent living hmm. building custom choppers. Man, that's the end goal, but frick. It that's just, the dream world. 
yeah, in a, in a perfect world, my shop produces, which I'm increasing astronomically every month, every year. It just gets to where I can still make money on service work. Like some people on here probably won't even understand. Like I do a shit ton of four wheelers and side by sides and dirt bikes too. I would say you do more of that, don't you? Uh, it's split. Truthfully. But that comes with being a very rural farming community. Yeah, exactly. Money wise, like I have to do that stuff. So then all my bike builds get pushed to late hours and, you know, after hours and on my own time. It would be very nice if I can run a full service shop that does all of that stuff. And I get to come in and kind of hobnob and direct a lot of that. But then go to my own section of the shop that's closed off from everything and just build custom bikes. Like I would just be in Kind of it has a door entrance and you have to use a keypad to get in because the... Yeah, don't fuck with me. I'm yeah. in here. You know what I mean? That would be sweet. It would be. And I, and I still do. Like I'll probably do two restorations a year um, still doing a bunch of like still doing bagger stuff so i get you know four or five big bagger mods a year and then it's cut back down to like one to two maybe three custom builds a year yeah but see I, when i i don't think of uh doing little stuff like that bagger stuff yeah as a custom build when i think custom build i think you know yeah. like you did with the 70s chopper yeah i mean frame off Start yep. from scratch. Let your imagination run wild. Yep. If I can get set up, hopefully this next year really bodes well for me. Um, if I can get set up to where I've got two of my own personal bikes that I plan to do big custom work to. And right now I'm doing my daughter's bike, which has got to be done in the next five months relatively. So hopefully with those and hopefully I have more time this next upcoming year to kind of put some more of that stuff out there. Maybe it'll drive more more customers for that. Cool. All right. Well, I think we'll knock off there because I need to go ride. What's <laughs> that your favorite saying? I just got a ride, man. Oh, go around. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that very often. Very, very often. often. That's the good way to bust your balls. Yeah. I just have to ride. This thing needs to be done. Even though I just dropped it off yesterday and you want freaking... 80 yeah, put, hours put all your other customers done. aside. Yeah. That's the me generation, the me society. Yes. Me first. Me first. Yeah. Whatever. Anyways, if you got something out of this, we sure are glad. Mostly it was just, uh, you know, him and hawing around. Yeah. What do they call it? Random thoughts and bullshit. <laughs> Practically, yes. Heavy on the bullshit. <laughs> so we appreciate you listening. Uh, if you've got a question, uh, don't hesitate to email us. Go to ozarkrides.com podcast a page and you there's a form there that and no we don't sell your information keep it all private shit I don't even uh, know just how let you us know that. which i don't <laughs> the truth i don't either <laughs> yeah um but uh go ahead and shoot us a question we'll nothing is off limits yeah. and uh you know if it's a good question we'll throw it on the air yeah all right so until next time stay sleazy keep it on the road and stay on two sleazy wheels Oh, man. Yeah. What more could be better? The more taboo, the better. Exactly. <laughs>